ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode one of season four. What? Yep, season four. Why did not? <laughs> it's a new year. Kick it off with a new season. This is some of the bleachers. Yeah. ASI247.org. I am Russ Shaw. Yes, and that's the bleachers. I want to get better, right? Do you want to get better? 2015? Do you, do you want to get better? I want to get better. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, <laughs> again, ASI247.org. If you go to that website, you uh, you groove on my vintage web design skills right there on uh, ASI247.org and you click on the music tab at the top it's set up like a tablet with the folders right and you just you click it and then there's all the music that I play on the show right there so gonna start off with uh, season four with a new web page so uh, season three you just go to the bottom of that and then you click on season three and then the the all the stuff I played last year and the year before will be on there. It's basically you can download the songs via, uh, you know, Google Play or Amazon or iTunes or whatever. So that's on there. I do bumper promos and uh, speech media. I can do that, right? Um, I don't play the whole song, so relax. Get over it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but hey, man, I'm uh, I'm really hopeful, and I'm glad you're listening, and I'm excited to start a new season of this here podcast um, and, and really start to focus in on some uh, some of the other material that stuff that people have written. Um, Donald Miller put out some some cool posts, and I, I've talked about him in the past, and he's got this uh, ministry called Storyline, and, and he wrote this little 21-page book called um, Start Your Life Over, which I thought was was really cool. Um, I, I liked most of it, right? <laughs> There's a lot of great stuff in there, uh, and it's free, and you can download it. Um, one of the things he said in there, and it's something that, that, that hit me as a guy who's received a lot of emails over the years, and there's folks that say, you know, I miss the old raw Russ Shaw at the beginning of those podcasts, right? Those podcasts helped a lot of folks. Um, I got a lot of emails from a lot of folks. At the, some of the raw energy that came out of me um, doing those those podcasts. And by episode 40 of season one, you start to realize that part of that was the fact that um, I was kind of fighting for my life at the time. Um, still very much struggling with sexual addiction. Seeing a year without pornography was huge, but I... I uh, and, and I hadn't right. I, I hadn't relapsed during that whole time of starting those episodes, starting those shows, really talking about what I was learning from counselors and groups and and books and Bible studies and stuff like that. So 
Yeah, but the, here's the thing that, that that Miller said that really hit me. He said that I'm glad I'm not the old me, right? And in nine years of sexual sobriety, um, nine years of, of freedom over this thing ha- has been beautiful. Am I still tempted? Of course I am. It's not really ever going to go away. The freaking wildcat, the predator, whatever it is, it's still behind me. Like it's, it's something Nate Larkin said, it's still in the rear view mirror. And I live my life in such a way that that thing ain't going to catch up with me. Right? Does that make sense? I live in a new sense of freedom because that thing ain't going to catch up with me. Um, can I just rest? Yes. But what does rest look like? You just lay there dead? No, that's not rest. That's boring. I don't know. So you, you get what I'm saying, right? There's a there's a temptation that I do know is there, but it does get less intense over time. And the more you learn and the more you redefine things like freedom and love and learning how to be in community and be in relationships with people, fall in love with a woman, some of you single guys, really love her, really invest in her, not just, you know, think about her tits, right? Not just be about TNA and thinking about how when you're going to get your next, you know, right? Um, you get what I'm saying? It's not all about you. It's learning how to invest in her, that that other-centered, loving um, energy that comes from being in relationship with another human being, rather than just seeing them as... Um, a, a companion for you, right? You complete me. That's just, there's a certain level of narcissism there, right? Um, so, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a little fired up about this, this season of the podcast um, because I want to also uh, announce that I, I'm not going to probably do as many shows. I am starting a new... I'm starting a new kind of ministry in the area of, you know, kind of living out our faith in the real world, and it's going to center around that, um, Christian community, the social, psychological nature of, of what it means to be a Christian in the 21st century, in the real world, right? Not that we go run off and create our own little Christian ghetto where we don't interact with anybody in the world because we don't really give a crap about the world. That's what those those little things are, and I, I don't think that's really Christianity because what the you know the old the scriptures the old church fathers they would live in the cities they were not afraid of being around people in the culture they didn't think the culture out there was oh that's just dirty no we live in the culture we influence culture we don't run from it we we don't embrace it either we are in the world but not of the world and the fact that there's something going on in our hearts that's different and that if you get up close to us and see how we live our lives there's something a little different going on there's something a little more hopeful going on than just you know hoping you get more money or a hotter spouse or right more trips to Vegas or Europe or whatever, I don't know, whatever your thing is, whatever model of success the world kind of slaps on and says that's what a successful person is, does. Um, not that those things are bad, right? It's not It's not bad to have money. It's not bad to take vacations. It's not bad to have a, a hot spouse, right? But... 
those things in and of themselves do not sustain joy, happiness. Um, life is tough. Life is hard. But ultimately, we're involved in a relationship with our Creator, and He is for us. He is pro us. He loves us with a with a kind of love we cannot even fathom or imagine. So that's what I look at doing in the future. And again, thanking God that I'm not the old me. I'm glad I don't miss that guy. I mean, I'm still that guy in a certain sense in my heart, but I'm, I'm the, the sex addict Russ Shaw um, is rest in peace. All right. Um, Yes, there's still... Again, the guy who did some of those shows, the guy who was saying the stuff he said, man, I was really pleading with God and wrestling with God and, and pushing back on a lot of BS religion stuff that I had learned as a kid and that's promulgated on you know, Christian television and radio and um, a lot of pastors who just don't get the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? They're great at religion, all right? Give them that. Religion, you get high marks when it comes to preaching good news. Like, oh, man. I don't know if you get it from a perspective of a dude like myself and a lot of folks in the Seattle area. Does it have to do with the Mars Hill thing, Russ? Yeah, you know, it kind of has to do with that. I'm not going to focus a lot on the Mars Hill issue, but that's part of it, right? Um, Mars Hill Church in Seattle was like a, a, a movement, right? It was a revival in a city that just, uh, we were the least, we used to be the least churched city in the country. Uh, now it's Portland, which is our, our neighbors to the south. And now I don't know the current statistics because since Mars Hill Church collapsed, um, it, a lot of people, it, that shook a lot of people's faith. It hurt a lot of people. I still know people today that, you know, first-generation Christians learned about Jesus through Mars Hill, had a real, you know, solid, emotional, spiritual uh, thing that happened to them as, as, as a result of Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill Church. And now they're starting to question that, kind of like I did, you know getting saved, right, as a, as a teenager, like three times, doing the altar call, and it wasn't fixing me, so I, you know, I thought that some of those emotional responses that I had in those altar call situations were just, you know, just uh, emotion or whatever, and, and, and my, my face started to, to get cold, and a lot of people are there. A lot of people are, their faith is kind of, I mean, they're asking crazy, serious, and kind of awesome questions. Because there has to be some deconstruct to do some reconstruct, right? Learn that in recovery. I've got to deconstruct some of the emotional, normative stuff that happened in my life that I just figured was, hell, it's just how things are, right? No. Um, some of the, the norm is wrong and needs to be deconstructed. And the only way that that's done is sometimes through doubt and questions being asked. Hard, hard questions, right? It's, it's not, it, it, you know, don't worry about feeling stupid about asking questions to me. Uh, don't feel stupid about asking questions. It's, it's, that's a stupid question. I'm not going to ask it. No, not asking that question is stupid, all right? 
it's okay to kind of embarrass yourself even. Um, but to get that stuff out of your heart, some of that lodged in questiony, doubty, is God even good? Is God good? You know, when, when people start asking those questions because of a situation like what happened with Mars Hill, um, for me it's understandable, all right? I get it, but God is good, and there there is good news, and it is beautiful. And walking alongside of other real Christians, right, R- real life, honest, gritty, um, godly men and women, right? Not religious boys and girls who dress nice and say nice theological words, but 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 gritty, real, godly men and women, all right. Um, those folks exist. They're not, right, they're not like Sasquatch or the Oompa Loompa or Abominable Snowman. They're, they're freaking real. I've, I've met them. I've been around them. I've done life with them. And it's life-giving to, to realize that those relationships exist. That Jesus does change people and work in people's lives and, and we all have him as our treasure and we're not afraid to to talk about that. And we're not afraid to show our flaws and weaknesses because that's part of the process <laughs> and part of who we are even. Um, it's very true. See, all this stuff goes into character development, right? And that's where I wanted to kind of end the show today. I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions. Um, I think it's good to have resolutions and to be resolute about things, to make a decision, to make a choice. Life turns on choices. That's very, very true. But some of those choices aren't as far up here on the surface as you may think. When we do make those hard choices and we do try and be convicted over things that are up here on the surface, that usually evaporates very quickly. Um, something Donald Miller said in that book, that uh, Starting Your Life Over, I'll have a link to that on the website as well, maybe on the Facebook page. If you go to the ASI247.org, click like on the Facebook page, or you can follow me on Twitter there as well. Um, but I'll, I'll post that uh, probably there. Um, I might put it on the website as well. It depends on how much time I have in the near future. Um, but anyway, he said something in there that uh, me processing it um, made a lot of sense. Um, people aren't, again, people aren't motivated by resolutions or even goal setting long term. People are motivated by seeing real character development. That's another thing I heard him say in a, in a talk he did. He said that when you're watching a movie and that movie gets boring, it's usually because we don't know what the character wants, right? The character, what does he want? You know, and, and, and usually we don't even realize it. It's that cognitive dissonance. It's not being stirred up with a lot of energy, and it's not being solved right. And there's no energy to try and uh, I gotta solve this this dissonance, whatever it is. It's been stirred up in our hearts. Um, you know, the thing we want is to stop masturbating, right, or stop looking at porn, or stop PMOing as the Fabstronauts would say. Um, I want to take part in the ultimate challenge, right? That sounds kind of awesome, by the way. I love that, that line from, from the NoFap site. And then 
difficulties come in. It's and it's going to be difficult, right? It just is. But what do we do with those difficulties? And that's where character development comes in, right? That's where a real relationship with God comes in because willpower isn't enough. And I think that over time Hopefully a lot of men and women will figure that out. I think a lot of them end up on the Christian. There was a gal who posted in the NoFap Christian site because she started to realize that the willpower thing wasn't working. And I, and I thought that was awesome. And uh, I posted some stuff about uh, Crystal Renault's website and Dirty Girls Ministry. If you're female or woman struggling with this, she's got some some great stuff over there. Um, but again, the goal setting is great, right? Resolutions, awesome. But the character development in the fact that when we fail, how we get back up, what we do when we refuse to quit, right? When you refuse to quit, when you get knocked down and you get back up, right? There's, there's character development there, all right? It's not just random chance that the, the other boxer gets knocked out, right? Because we keep getting back up. It's, there's, there's something else going on. There's something in our character that's being developed. It's a little deeper a story than the, the boxing ring story, as awesome as that is. <laughs> as a guy, right? Um, so yeah, he, that's what he said. People are motivated by seeing real character development. That's why we love stories and movies with a compelling story where you see transformation in the character, his or herself, right? They end up growing in some way. They end up doing some things that, that the, at the beginning of the movie they were afraid to do or they didn't think they could do, right? There's, there's some kind of character development going on. Um, and again, it's not our power alone, but our relationship with God, who is other-centered. And this is another, this is a line from my friend Paul Young, uh, the guy that wrote The Shack and Crossroads. Um, this is a part of our relationship with a God who is other-centered, self-giving love and His influencing our story from the inside out. That's what changes us over time. And that's what compels us towards a more interesting and beautiful story, right? giving that story away to our Creator as we struggle in a place with pain and heartbreak and really horrible things that happen. But, but realizing that God is love and that He is good. And if you don't believe those two things, I'm going to challenge you with that. I'm going to challenge you to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me that if you think that God isn't good or that you can't live a beautiful story, right? It's not all existentialism. Your life isn't just a long walk off a short pier, all right? That there can be meaning and purpose and beauty flowing out of it, all right? God is good. He is, and He does love you. And the rules in the Bible are not out to destroy all your fun. The Ten Commandments, for example, are, are like a framework Right? They are the boundary lines. And if we're honest, none of us do them perfectly. None of us have, you know, it's basic bonehead preschool Ten Commandments morality that, that we fall short of. 
I love that line in that song um, by the bleachers there. I, I didn't know that I was broken till I tried to change, right? There's a lot of truth to that. And the good news is, despite our track record, despite our history, God loves us, right? God wants to do life with us. God wants us to have purpose and, and dreams and goals, and he wants to kind of work in and out of that and to help us hone our skills and gifts, right? And some of that stuff is really, really difficult. Sometimes we don't like the fact that we're not good at something we want to be good at, and we need to realize that we can look for something else, right? Um, but this is part of what Miller was talking about with his you know, his analogy or the way that he's presenting the gospel in this storyline kind of a way, right? The protagonist is you and I, and we're in God's story, right? We're not the star of this story. God's the star. Jesus is the star of the story. We are in that story. We're not just an expendable henchman. And for me, the greatest character development that I've seen in my life has been um, persevering through, uh, you know, the, the difficult seasons, uh, not just quitting. I mean, I talked about that in some of the early shows, like when you get knocked down, you get back up, right? I talked about that a lot. Um, with your relationship with God, it's kind of like that. Part of having faith is realizing that, you know, first of all, throwing out some of that bad theology that says God is somehow beating you up or is disappointed and he just doesn't think you're ever going to make it and he's just right he just doesn't want anything to do with you like your some of our earthly fathers may have made us feel that way like if we didn't play football or get involved in the family business or pursue the things that our families wanted us to pursue or our dads wanted us to pursue they they would be disappointed in us and and God's not that way as a matter of fact, it's God that knows what your, you know, he, he created you that way. He made you with these certain skills and talents that are supposed to be developed. And when my character, when I saw character development and change is when I quit quitting on God, right? I did that for decades, man. Just quit on my relationship with God and it just brought me back to depression and anxiety, feeling like God's not there and he's, he's right there, man right there, loves you, near to you, calling you closer. And as we get closer to God, that's what develops our character. And it's not that we have to muster up that faith. I mean, the Bible even says that when we are faithless, God is still faithful. I'm just knowing that gives me more faith because that's true. That's true. That's Second Timothy uh, two thirteen. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Right? Again, if he's the star of the story and you're in his story, he's not going to deny himself as as your father, as a, as your uh, your creator and the lover of your soul. I hope that makes sense, man. That's what develops character. That relationship. That getting closer to him drawing nearer to him it, it, it'll change your your heart 
change your heart, change your mind. It changes your behavior over time. It sounds cliche, but it's very true. Have your resolutions, set your goals, but realize it's God that ultimately, right, that develops our character, that works in us. I love the Isaiah who said that that we we are the clay and he's the potter. It's just just being malleable and being able to be molded by him. That's building character. That's in the it's in the twelve steps. Even one of the steps is uh, uh, we are ready to have God remove all of our defects of character, right? That He would move in us and through us to carry out His will. It's seeing God's power move that really motivates us. It's seeing our character change that really motivates us. Like Miller said, that's very true. But it's God that moves in us. It's not getting so bound up in what we have to do. I think a lot of us were tempted to make these into systematic formulas, right? Like, well, if I do this, then God does that. And that's devoid of that relationship again. It's devoid of relationship. Being in, in, in prayer conversations with God. Listening for the Holy Spirit to, to nudge on our hearts some, right? It's more like we get to enjoy the ride and the journey rather than having it be all about the goal being set and accomplished on the date that we have it. And if it doesn't work, then I must have messed up the formula. Screw the formula. It's no formula. All right. It's about knowing Jesus deeper and closer. And, and yes, it's good for us to desire something and want something. Desire isn't the problem with addiction. Desire is part of the solution. It is the solution. All right? Trying hard and then failing and then we beat ourselves up. That's the problem. It's not that we don't stretch ourselves enough. It's that we beat ourselves up when we fall. And that's part of the Christian worldview, that we have an advocate that's next to us. We're not doing this all on our own. And that's true. That's why the 12 steps have been successful, because it's the surrender we surrender our willpower, that we have a higher power, that Christ fills us and forgives us and loves us. So I wanted to leave you with this. Seeing God work in your character will continue your motivation long term, all right? It's not going to happen in your time. And, and, and that's part of the good news. I mean, I'm going to just read you this and then I'm going to end out the show. I've gone long here. Um, this is Romans uh, 5, 1 through 8. This is Romans 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who, he, who has been given to us. You see, at the right time, just the right time, when we were still powerless, again, there's that word powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7, Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God, verse 8, and I love this verse, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's not about your performance, right? That, that's where you were the most jacked up. That's where Christ came in and wanted us, wanted me, wanted you. That God delights in us. That God loves us like that father with a two-year-old that, you know, runs around and poops themselves sometimes and it knocks our head against the furniture. And God isn't, you know, oh, you stupid kid. God is not that. That's not our relationship, man. That's not our relationship. I pray that some of you understand that. That God picks us up and he's cheering when we walk around, we get up on our feet and he's happy to see us develop and grow. And again, that's where that motivation comes in. When you see you develop and grow, when I see myself not being a slave to the sexual desires and lusts that I had in the past, man, that's not my power. I didn't do that. I, I tried for years on my own and it did not work. But when God worked through me in my powerlessness, when God came alongside and worked through me, that's where I saw it change. And it gave me hope. Wow. This is real. And it's beautiful. And I pray that you experience that. There's nothing else like it. There's no one like our God. There's no one like our Jesus. That's true. I leave the show right there. I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Maybe with some switch but Until next time. Bye. I'm trying to find one of the places I'm looking for my own oasis So close I can taste this The fear that love alone erases So I'm back to the basics I figure it's time I face this Time to take my own advice Love alone is worth the fight Love alone is worth the fight I never thought I'd come to this But it seems like I'm finally feeling numb to this The funny thing about the name is You forget what the reason you were playing the game is And it's all an illusion A 21st century institution And so I'm headed down the 